This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Talk about another kind of a, a declaration I would hope that you have already made or you are making right now, and, and that's a declaration of dependence. There's a declaration of independence that we're independent from a tyrannical government and that we set up this nation here. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that we tend to depend upon so much is our money. That is what people, they work for. They, they get a good education so they can get a good job and they can make lots of money. And our forefathers made it a point because they knew what our temptation would be. They made it a point on every penny and every hundred dollar bill and everything in between there. It says on our money, guess what it says? In God. In God we trust. And so our money is always challenging us to put your trust in God. You know, don't depend on your money because it can disappear and it can lose its value and all that. But God is absolutely 100% dependable. You know, it's interesting that, you know, as we look back on when uh, the Declaration of Independence and our founding fathers were, you know, launching out this new nation, that they were not just declaring their independence from a a tyrannical government. It was first founded because they had such a dependence on God. God. You know, and that's why it says in God we trust. And that's why our our founding documents are so filled with God. I mean, and and in this culture today, people would just like to cancel all that out. You know, but it, it, it stands. You know, that we are one nation under God. Even in the Pledge of Allegiance, it's declaring our dependence on Him. Sure. That we, we really need him as a nation. And um, yep. we, we need to keep it that way. <laughs> yes, oh, we do. And, uh, you know, from, from birth, you know, and as you grow up, you, you, you discover. Uh, how many of you, when you're filling out your taxes, ever had to fill out that place? Or how many dependents do you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's people who depend upon you, you know, and, you know, that. Parents are taking care of their kids or guardians who provide and to care for them because we have dependence. And that's what we are. We're God's dependence. We depend upon him and you will be absolutely blown away how wonderful and amazing God is when you cultivate an awesome relationship with him and you depend upon him. No matter what you're going through, he's there to help you. That's the promise. Uh, it may take a wee bit of patience, but that is a promise. And, and many children are unaware of how dependent they really are. Their, their parents, their guardians provide shelter and all kinds of provisions and, and guidance and love. And they a lot of times don't recognize how dependent they are. Are you aware how dependent you are on God for that next thump of your heart, for that next breath of air that you draw into your body? Are we aware of that now uh, I've had instances and this has actually happened you know and I've read of so many other ones where kids at a young age run away from home you know oh, they're always back by dinner you know but they run out to the neighbor's house or out in their backyard with their little pack or something or another but they're back because they know that's the people who love them are going to provide them some dinner and a nice bed to sleep in that night and all 
and they're not always aware and until they get out there and their stomach starts grappling and they, it's dinner time and mama's making spaghettios or whatever it is that they like anyhow so we want to talk to you and ask that question on what do you depend and let's read uh, Luke chapter 15 verse 11 to illustrate the point further Jesus told them this story a man had two sons the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now. Instead, now. I, I want it now. Kind of impatient there, wasn't he? Yes. I want it now. Instead of waiting until you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. He wanted independence from dad. He wanted his independence from dad. And he wanted just to depend on his own self, his wisdom. And his choices, that's what this son, and we refer to him as the prodigal son, and that's what's going on here. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and took a trip to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money on wild living. He wasted it. He lost it. He was dependent upon his money and upon his own wisdom, but he lost it all. He really did, and he came back to his father. You know, independence, from his perspective, is to control your own affairs apart from any outside influences. It's to be freedom from the influence of others. That's what this particle son was looking for. Not relying on anybody else, but just my, my own self, you know. And that's when you're, you're on your own and you're all alone, you know. Because a lot of people try to be independent from any supervision. They try to be independent from, from Almighty God, you know. And I want to challenge you to really think this thing through about our declaration, not of just independence from a tyrannical government, but our dependence on an awesome, almighty, loving, faithful God. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, uh, that uh, independence is talking about self-governing. Hey, I want to govern my own self. I want to make my own rules. I want to make my own uh, laws. You know, I want to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, unconfined, uncontrolled, unrestrained, unrestricted. I just want to do it my way, you know. And uh, we, we really find out it's best when you choose to do it um, God's way. He's the one who wrote the manufacturer's handbook, and it tells us what makes us tick and what brings satisfaction and joy into our lives. In the book of Judges, chapter 10, verse 11, The Lord replied, Did I not rescue you from the Egyptians? From the Egyptians? The Amorites? Amorites? The Ammonites? Ammonites? The Philistines? Philistines? The Sidonians? The Sidonians? The Amalekites? The Amalekites? And the Mayonites? The Mayonites. Sounds like mayonnaise. Yeah, maybe where they might have made mayonnaise the first time. But there's seven right there. It says, didn't I rescue from, from all these enemies of yours? Didn't I rescue you? When they oppressed you, you cried out to me, and I rescued you. And God said... <laughs> There were seven different groups of people. When they came against you and you cried out to me and you depended upon me for help, I rescued you. That's what God said. I rescued it. And how many times has God rescued you from whatever it was that was coming against you? He's rescued us quite a few times. Listen to what he goes on to say. 
Yet you have abandoned me. You, you, you've abandoned me. After all, seven different times, I have came to your aid when you called upon me and I rescued you. And now you have abandoned me. And served other gods. And served other gods. And whether it was a statue of something or some figment of your imagination, some people's God can become money. That's why it says on the dollar and on the coinage, it says, in God we trust, because some people look at that as their God. They give everything you have to the making of money, and, and they worship it, or a car, or material, or whatever it might be. And he says, you have abandoned me, and you've served other gods. And think about what people serve this day, instead of the true and the living God. Yet you have abandoned me and served other gods, so I will not rescue you anymore. Whoa. That's pretty heavy duty. It says you're going to serve false gods after I've proven myself to you over and over and over again. And, and now you abandon me. But you come to me just in a time of need uh, just because uh, it seems to be convenient. But you do that just to get your own way. He says, I will rescue you no more. <clears throat> Go and cry out to the gods you have chosen. Let them rescue you in your hour of distress. Hmm. There are many things on which we depend at times, but they will never deliver you from all the troubles. No matter what it is that you have your dependence on, if it's not the Almighty God, those things will not aid you and rescue you in your time of needs, but God will. It is possible, <clears throat> or is it possible, to daily live life Depending on God alone? Is that possible? Yes. To depend upon him alone? Yes. Absolutely. And, and we were created to do just that. God sent his son to show us. And as believers, we have his resurrected power within us to walk this out. But how often do we resort to depending on ourselves or others or practically anything other than God? You know, sometimes we, we do that. Have you reached a point where enough is enough and you're desperate for independence upon your dependence? I mean, are you desperate for dependence upon God alone? God is dependable. God is trustworthy. God is faithful. And he can be trusted to carry you through each and every 100% of the days of your life. He is dependable. This is what it says here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now what percentage is all? 100%. He's saying trust in the Lord with all. 100% of your heart. With all that you are, trust in him. You know, depend upon him with all your heart is what he's saying here. Do not depend on your own understanding. Do not depend on... What, what, what you learned at a conference or what you learned in a school or some other book that you might have read, don't depend on your own understanding, your own human wisdom. <clears throat> he says, trust him with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Some depend on horoscopes. Some depend on tarot cards. Some depend on you know, palm readers and some depend on psychics and some depend on their own education and some depend on <clears throat> electricity or gadgetry. Some depend on the stock markets. 
Some depend on banks. Some depend on savings or inheritances. And some depend on their job or alcohol or, or drugs. <clears throat> and some depend on their physical strength or their government or their military or their weapons. And some depend on just how healthy they are. Some depend on their good works to get them into heaven. It'll never happen, but some depend on their good works. <clears throat> Thank God's going to measure them and weigh them, and their good works are going to get them to heaven. Some depend on the wealth of our nation, and, and that can surely change in a heartbeat. And some depend upon social security, and some depend on somebody or, or something else. <clears throat> Some depend on this. You know what that is? That's a rabbit's foot. Now how could you depend on a rabbit's foot to bring great blessings to you? Surely didn't bring none to him. <laughs> and I'm the one who cut that foot off. And he was delicious. Yep. You didn't know I was going to tell him that, did you? But that's the truth. You know, if, if the foot wasn't lucky for him, how could it be a lucky for you to carry around your pocket or something somewhere? See, lean not on your own understanding. The Bible says, put your trust in the almighty God. If you're just hoping that something will bring blessings to you or luck to you or something or another, this country to the, to the Bible, well, it just won't. And so this is a good reminder when I see that leg bone sticking out there. It's like, it really wasn't that lucky for him, you know, because I caught him. And, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for another one, as a matter of fact. So a, a, a rabbit's foot does not, you know, is not the thing that you should depend upon. Just happenstance, just, just luck and things like that. Anyhow, he says here in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. Some nations boast of their armies and weapons. And, and, and some do. It's like, well, we can take care of anything, you know. Our armies are fantastic and, and we can handle anything that comes at us. So some nations boast of their armies and their weapons. But, but we boast in the Lord our God. But that's where our boast is at. Almighty God, our creator, almighty God, he loves us and he promises to provide whatever we need. He promises those who fear and have great respect for him. He encamps around us with his angels and he protects us. You know, that, that's just the truth of that. <clears throat> you know, I didn't tell everybody last night, but y'all remember a couple weeks ago, I showed you a picture of this giant snake that came into my boat. Y'all remember a picture of the copperhead I killed on the mountain with my knife? This past week, one day it was raining uncontrollably. And our dog is kind of, you know, he's, he's 15 years old and he's, the, the vet says he's got old dog syndrome, you know. And so we're especially giving him lots of special treatment. He thinks it's wonderful, you know. <clears throat> and one day I took him out <clears throat> and I was walking around our property out there. And we stood up at, in the woodshed. And the woodshed's probably about the length of this here and we've got wood in there and we heat wet that and we sit under the woodshed because it was raining you know just unbelievable amount of rain that was coming down and then I told Travis we're going to make a run for the house you know mama's going to be there she's got a, uh, a towel to dry you off 
And as soon as I took a couple steps out, there was a big old copperhead laying right there in front of us. <clears throat> I don't know what, what happened, but he lost his head and he died right there on that spot. <laughs> and I have his hide, you know. Um, and that just happened this past week. Was it this past week? Monday. Monday, on, on this past Monday. But you know what? I'd never seen a copperhead laying back like a cottonmouth does. He's laying back like this with his mouth and his fangs out. Just ready. <clears throat> and we were just about three foot away from him at that point. And then we backed up and he actually died of lead poisoning. <clears throat> Some of y'all might know what that is. I don't know. Well, we were getting concerned about him. We had been working in the garden earlier and we were concerned about him because he didn't ever come back in with Tracker. And so, it started raining. So his sister was there and she went downstairs and was going to go outside um, to, to check on him. The minute she opened the door, she heard a gunshot. So she came upstairs real quick. She said, I heard a gunshot. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get an umbrella and I'm going to go out and find him. And We know now where the gunshot came from. So. I tried to call them, but my phone was dripping wet because I was trying to make a phone call and I couldn't get the buttons to work. Mm -hmm. You know, I finally did. If you ever get your phone wet and it don't work, Siri, don't get wet. And I told her, hey, call my wife, you know. And anyhow, that I was worked say, out. She might try to do it now. You better be careful. <clears throat> <laughs> no, I, I think I muted her, you know, in my pocket there. Well, let's finish this right here. Some nations boast in their armies and weapons, but we boast in the Lord our God. Yeah. We, the USA, are the greatest nation on the face of the earth because, as Armonia says, we were founded upon and our forefathers believed in putting their trust in the almighty God. And that's why our forefathers came to this nation looking the freedom to worship God. And we learned an interesting fact this weekend is that both John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died on July the 4th exactly 50 years after you know, the original July the 4th, the, Decla when the Declaration of Independence was, was signed. Isn't signed that amazing? They, I think it was. they hung around for exactly 50 years and they both died on the same day, July 4th. However many years that was, y'all can figure it out, but 50 years after 1776. Some nations boast about their armies and weapons, but we boast in the Lord our God. We, we depend upon Him. Those nations who, who depend on anything other than the living God will fall down and collapse, but we will rise up and stand firm. Give victory to our king, king. O Lord. Oh Lord. Respond to our cry for help. Now, do you have that uh, oh, yes. little devotional? Yep. This week, I was, um, as I was reading it, there's a devotional that I read uh, pretty much every day. It's called Jesus Calling, and uh, I read this devotional, and it was pretty amazing, and then I sent it to uh, a couple of people, and I uh, would just like to share it with you. Just got to bring it up on my phone. It says, and this is God speaking to us. It says, as you get out of bed in the morning, be aware of my presence with you. You know something? But every morning when I get up in the morning, just about every morning before I get out of the bed, I'm wearing these nice little bracelets I found somewhere, you know. It says, all in. And that's what I tell God. I'm all in for you today. Whatever you got, 
on your agenda, whatever you want done, I'm all in to serve you and to put you first. It's a great place to depend. Put your dependence 100% upon the Almighty. I just wanted to shout a little note there. As you get out of bed in the morning, be aware of my presence with you. You may not be thinking clearly yet. That's the way it is with me when I get up first thing in the morning. You may not be thinking clearly yet, but God says, but I am. You, your early morning thoughts tend to be anxious ones until you get connected with me. Have you ever experienced that? First thing you wake up in the morning and the floodgates start opening, you know, and all the anxious thoughts begin to come. He says, your early morning thoughts tend to be anxious ones until you get connected with me. Invite me into your thoughts by whispering my name. Suddenly, your day brightens and feels more user-friendly. You cannot dread a day that is vibrant with my presence. You gain confidence through knowing that I am with you, that you face nothing alone. Anxiety stems from asking the wrong question. If such and such happens, can I handle it? That's the wrong question. The true question is not whether you can cope with whatever happens, but whether you and I together can handle anything that occurs. Absolutely. It is this you and I together factor that gives you confidence to face the day cheerfully. Hmm. That's awesome. It's the truth. And we should make our declaration on a regular basis, you know, that we depend upon him and he can handle anything and everything that comes our way. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Y- y'all heard of that psalm before, haven't you? The Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. Shall not want. And another translation says, I have everything I need. And I won't want. And and what percentage is everything? 100%. The Lord is my shepherd. I have 100% of what I need. That's what the scripture tells us. And he's a good shepherd. A great shepherd. He is a good shepherd. And you can depend upon him. That's just the truth of it. So the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He lets me rest. You ever need rest? Yes. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. You ever need peace? That's one of the things we're probably asked to pray about for people more about any other topic. It's like, I just need peace. And when we have peace with God, then we can have the peace of God that dominates our lives. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths. The right paths. There's a lot of paths that are the wrong path to take. But it says he renews my strength and he guides me along right paths. Bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death. When I walk where? Through. Through. Not just walk into this darkness. But when I walk through the dark valley of the shadow of death is what he's talking about. I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You are close beside me. Whether it happens to be a copperhead laying in your path, and you're running through the rain and you're not really paying attention, whatever it might be, the Lord, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are right beside me. 
God is so dependable. He is so dependable to each and every one of you. He really is. You prepare a feast for me. Uh, it didn't say that God prepares a snack for us. <laughs> is a snack different than a feast? Yes. Absolutely. You know, he says you prepare a feast for me in the most unlikely place in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of your enemies, you're usually thinking about how to evade them or overcome them. And you're not thinking about, hey, this is time to have a feast. But God says, hey, I'm going to provide you a feast in the midst of this. And all those who are your enemy, who do not trust in me, they're going to watch in absolute amazement as I provide a feast for you who put your trust in me. I, I am the good shepherd and I am dependable. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. With blessings. Not just, well, I got a little blessing way down there in the bottom of the cup somewhere. But he says, our cup overflows with blessings. They're, they're just spilling out. And anybody who even gets near you gets caught up in some of those blessings that are just overflowing and spilling out. God is so dependable. He really is. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Your goodness and your mercy. Surely your goodness and your, your everlasting loving mercy are going to pursue me. You ever feel like somebody's following you? They are. Oh, what was that verse say again? Surely your goodness and unfailing love or your mercy will pursue me all the your days of my life. Your goodness and your unfailing love, your mercy is going to pursue me all the days of my life. And God's goodness, his goodness and his unfailing love, his mercy is pursuing you, following you anywhere and everywhere you go. And we'll stop and we'll be a little patient and we'll acknowledge our dependence and we'll make our declaration of dependence upon almighty God, that goodness and that uh, unfailing love will catch up with you. That's just the way it, just the way it is. And it's neat that it says that his goodness and unfailing love will produce, will pursue me all the days of my life. Even the hard days, you know, even the days that things feel off. That's right. His love and his goodness, his mercy will, will be pursuing us on those days. We need to especially remember that. And then it says, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That means 100% of the future, forever. That's right. The Lord is my shepherd and I will depend upon him. You know, I'm all in to depend upon him. I read an article by... Stormy O'Martin in this book called Heart to Heart. It was a, a, today's Christian woman. And she said, I can't do it. I cried to God. I can't handle the housework, my work, the loneliness of a husband who worked so much. And then I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, you're trying to do everything on your own strength. Just worship me and I'll do the rest. I said out loud, I praise you, God, in the midst of my situation. Thank you that nothing is too hard for you. And slowly the pressure left and my burden was now his burden. Praise isn't always my first reaction to frustration. So I have to remind myself to do it 
first, I have to remind myself to do it. But now, when my flesh can't go any further, I just stop and I worship God. He is worthy to worship him. He is dependable. We might need to be a wee bit patient with him. Not because God lacks anything, because God is working in us, teaching us his ways. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 says, Each time he said, My gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. Now we've read this a few times, but think about how this genuinely relates to you. On the days when you seem to be the absolute weakest, he says, What? My gracious favor is all you need. My power works best. best. It works best. God's power works best in our weaknesses. So the times when we don't feel up to the challenge, his power works best. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may work through me. Wow. Now, have you ever heard of a a lady by the name of Joni, J-O-N-I Erickson? I remember when what happened to her happened quite a few years ago. And she was a, uh, uh, a specialist in swimming and diving and all. And one evening, as had been common for her to do, I think she was in college. Anyhow, she went to the pool well, one evening, when it was late at night, and nobody else was around. And she climbed up <clears throat> onto the high dive <clears throat> there. And she went and she hit the board and she sprang and she dove unknowing. It was in the dark, unknowing that someone had drained the pool that day. And she broke her neck. And to this very day, everything from there down doesn't work. But she is a phenomenal speaker. And she travels around as a phenomenal speaker. But I want you to know who she was. As Susan shares this little devotion she uh, came across. Honesty is always the best policy. But especially when you're surrounded by a crowd of women in a restroom during a break at a Christian women's conference. One woman putting on lipstick said, Oh, I was, do you say her name, Joni or Johnny? Johnny? I think it's Johnny. It's, it looks like Joni. I'm not too good at English. <laughs> but anyway, she said, Oh, Johnny, you always look so together, so happy in your wheelchair. I wish I had your joy. Several women around her nodded. How do you do it? She asked as she capped her lipstick. I glanced at the nicely dressed women around me. I knew that the break would soon be over. How could I answer her question in about 60 seconds? How could I sum up in a soundbite what has taken me three decades of quadriplegia to learn? I don't do it, I said. That raised their eyebrows. In fact, may I tell you honestly how I woke up this morning? Several women leaned against the counter to listen. This is an average day, I breathe deeply. After my husband Ken leaves for work at 6 a.m., I'm alone until I hear the front door open at 7 a.m. That's when a friend arrives to get me up. While I listen to her make coffee, I pray, Oh Lord, my friend will soon give me a bath, get me dressed, sit me up in my chair, brush my hair and teeth, and send me out the door. I don't have the strength to face this routine one more time. I have no resources. I don't have a smile to take into the day, but you do. May I have yours, God? God, I need you desperately. 
She was declaring her dependence on God. Looking at their expressions, I could tell that underneath the makeup and the jewelry, they too were carrying burdens. They were weary. Their hearts were bruised and numb. And they were curious to know more. So what happens when your friend comes through the bedroom door, one of them asked. I turn my head toward her, and I give her a smile sent straight from heaven. It's not mine, it's God's. And so, I said, gesturing to my paralyzed legs, whatever joy you see today was hard won this morning. The women in the restroom were silent, and it's the only way to live. It's the Christian way to live. Their break was over and it was time to move on. That evening, many of them went home with weary bodies, swollen ankles, and sore feet to face broken garbage disposals, indifferent husbands, and rebellious children. I hope that the women also went home knowing that they can go desperately and urgently to God for grace. I have learned that the weaker we are, the more we need to lean on God. And the more we lean on God, the stronger we discover Him to be. We can depend on Him. That's awesome. God is dependable. 100%. No matter what you're going through, He is 100% dependable. Joy is often hard won. That was her, her definition for that testimony. But you know what? We can follow that example every day of our life. And just stay near unto our God, you know, for the freedom he has given us and our independence from the devil who would like to control us and make us complain and take over our lives. But we can become very dependent upon God. The word depend means to be sustained by being fastened or attached to something above. Like an apple is attached to the limb of a tree. It's above it. And, and, and a grape is attached to the grapevine that's, that's above it. And, and a chandelier is attached to the ceiling by a, a pipe or a chain or something that's above it. And as you and I, there's something or someone who is above us who sustains us and who helps us. And we cry out to him so often. And he's always there for us. And we go to him with his promises and he sustains us and and he helps us. And and listen to this. This is a very interesting passage and you may have never read it before. But in in the book of John chapter 5 verse 19. Jesus replied, I assure you. He says, now I'm not telling you a lie. I'm not exaggerating. I'm assuring you of something here. Jesus says, I assure you. This is the truth. The Son can do nothing by Himself. Jesus, the Son of God, He says, I I assure all you folks, I can do nothing. Jesus is saying, I can do nothing by myself. That's what Jesus said, the Son of God. He says, I can do nothing by by myself. He does only what He sees the Father doing. Jesus did what He saw the Father doing. Are we doing what we see Almighty God doing? Are we following his example? And Jesus, he he declares that. He says, you want to follow me? You're going to be following the Father. You know, because everything that I do, I learned it from the Father. Let's just read the whole thing again. I assure you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. 
Whatever the Father does, the Son does also. And what a wonderful thing for us to follow that example. And he will show himself to be 100% dependable. One New Year's Day, in the tournament, tournament of Roses Parade, a beautiful float suddenly sputtered and it quit. It was out of gas. The whole parade was held up until someone got a can of gas. The amusing thing was this. Float represented the Standard Oil Company. With its vast oil resources, its truck was out of gas. Think about that. Often, Christians neglect their spiritual maintenance. Have you ever failed to maintain your car and put gas in it? Yes. I can tell you right this very moment, I told Susan, and, and I think she's driven the car maybe even more than I have, and I said, honey, would you please remind us to stop and get some gas when we leave the church today and go home? Because otherwise, we probably ain't going to make it all the way home. You know. I'm notorious for driving on empty. And I, I don't know. I said, well, he, he's adventurous in other areas. For some reason, I love the risk. <laughs> I don't like the risk. I stop and fill up if I'm a quarter of a tank low. I try to keep it full. You know. And the funny thing is, is our car will take, it's a 30-gallon tank. And there's been times I've put 31 gallons in it. <laughs> That's in all the pipes and all the tubes in the whole car. And she was just about to run out and all. But you think about that on a spiritual note. Are we maintaining our relationship with God? Are we keeping a full tank? Are you full of the Holy Spirit? Listen to what it says here in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. This is in the Amplified Bible. It says, listen carefully. Listen how? Carefully. Pay attention to what he's saying here. I am sending the promise of my Father. This is Jesus talking to you and me. I am sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, fully, fully equipped, equipped with power from on high. You know, you, you, you don't move forward until... How many of you going to take a vacation and fail to fill up your gas tank? Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that. You're not going to move forward until you know that your tank is, is full. And he talks about that the promise of the Father is he will give us his Holy Spirit with power. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 8... He says you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a witness wherever you go. That's what he tells us. And he wants us to keep our tanks full. He genuinely does and not run out. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. Thomas Kemp's, he said, When you have Christ... You are rich. He is enough. He will provide everything you need so you won't have to count on others without him. People change and fail. Have you ever noticed that people change and they let you down? People change and they fail and you cannot depend on them. Those that are for you today may be against you tomorrow. They are as variable as the wind But Christ is eternally faithful. He is dependable. Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. And the more we depend upon 
God, the more you discover that God is dependable. Absolutely. Mark chapter 10 verse 23 says, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for rich people to get into the kingdom of God. He didn't say they couldn't get there. And he'll explain the why of this. He didn't say that riches were bad. But he said how hard it is for rich people to get into the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to get into the kingdom of God. And listen to what it says in the King James Bible. Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. There is a tendency to trust in our riches. Or any problem I have, you know, I got money. I'll just solve it with money. I'll just solve it with my riches and my wealth. I can handle anything because I got lots of money. But see, that's not true. That's not true. Our dependence must be upon the almighty God and he'll provide you. You know, his, his goodness and his unfailing love will follow you all the days of your life. And you can trust upon him and not trust upon our money because our money is saying, it's in God we trust. It's in God we depend is, is what he's talking about. Warren Wearsby, he said, there is no security in things. In fact, things are deceptive. They appear to be satisfying and lasting when they are actually temporary and unable to satisfy the deepest needs of life. Certainly, God wants us to enjoy the blessings of life, and he surely does. There is nothing spiritual about sitting resentfully in a corner and saying, these things will not last anyway. Why enjoy them? God wants us to enjoy his good gifts, just as We want our children to enjoy what we give them. But he does not want us to depend on things. He wants us to depend upon him. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. If we depend upon our riches, if we trust upon our riches to answer all of our problems, we will be let down we will be surprised riches are not repulsive to God God God's the one who thought up the whole concept of riches but there's a tendency to trust in things and to trust in in riches and and become very absorbed and captivated in the pursuit of that thinking that will solve all my problems when it will not but God will solve all your problems that's for sure. And we pick up here in verse 26. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. In verse 27, Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is, impos- is possible. Everything is possible with God. You can get into the kingdom as we learn to put our trust and our dependence upon him, no matter what we have, if we have little or we have a whole lot, you depend upon him and all things are possible. In this book, God Will Help Me, Walter G. Swanson refers to the life of Robert Dollar. And he writes, a keen-eyed young sea captain, that, that's who uh, this guy was, 
a sea captain who stood in the lobby of a large hotel in Hong Kong conversing with an Englishman. So you've come to do business in the Orient. Well, he said, step into the bar and tell me about your plans. I'm sorry, sir, said the seaman, but I never partake of alcoholic beverages. The Englishman's puzzled face broke into an unbelieving smile. Entering the oriental trade without a scotch and soda? The young sea captain said, yes, sir. Do you expect to be successful without taking your friends into a tavern for a drink? If you do, he said with a cynical laugh, God help you. And the young man replied, God will help me. And he was right. Years later, Robert Dollar stood on the 10th floor of a building that bore his name near San Francisco Bay. He was watching the workmen unload cargo from his freighters that came from all over the world. And having avoided the pitfalls of liquor, he had indeed become richly blessed by the Lord. You can depend upon him absolutely 100% of the time. And there's lots of other things that tries to get us to depend upon it, but it's not dependable. Then Peter began to mention all that he and the other disciples had left behind. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Think about that. Have you given up anything to follow Christ? Have you made a sacrifice in any area of your life to follow Christ? And Peter said, hey, we've given up everything to follow you. We were thinking about it last night. Yesterday was our son Judah's 44th birthday. And so it was 43 years ago yesterday that we really did leave everything. And we left South Carolina, our home in South Carolina, and came to Connecticut 43 years ago yesterday. It was on his first birthday we left it all. We stopped by his parents in Lancaster, and, South and, Carolina. And I don't know if you said it or not, but I have an aunt. Had an aunt who was here on aunt. this earth. Yeah, a great aunt. And she had went to be with the Lord, and she left me her whole house. It was a big house full of antique furniture. And uh, we were renting an old house, and we had it filled up. But we didn't bring one piece of all the furniture when we came here. We gave it to the Bible school students where we'd gone to school at. And we left every piece of that furniture behind. I just wanted to clarify that. That was... Uh, 43 years ago. Yesterday. Yesterday. We left and the reason we know that because it was Judah's birthday and he had never had a haircut. So it was going by my mom and dad's house because I wanted my dad to cut his hair the first time since he cut my hair the first time. Yep. So anyhow, that was... That was 43 years ago yesterday. Yeah, it's funny because I never thought about it on his birthday. I mean, I've mentioned to people we, you know, we moved on his first birthday, but I, usually I'm, we're so caught up on celebrating his birthday, I haven't really thought about that yesterday was the day. Then yep. Peter began to mention all that he and the other disciples had left behind. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. And listen to what it says here in verse 29. And Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone, that's 100%, of the people who has given up a house or a brother or a sister or a mother or a father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now 
Not when you get to heaven. But we'll receive now in return a hundred times over houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and property. And how many family members do we have now? And mothers and grandmothers and fathers and grandfathers and brothers and sisters. In the 42 years we've been doing this, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of relationships that God has given us. Huge family. Absolutely, he has. And he says here, and property with persecution and in the world to come, they will have eternal life when we make sacrifices because we depend upon God. Who is it that you depend upon? Genuinely. You think about this. Some folks abandon all for Christ. And some folks abandon Christ trying to obtain all kinds of other stuff. Are you dependent upon him? You know, has he proven himself to be dependable to you? Think about that. Matthew chapter 6 verse 30 it says, And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he most or more surely care for you? You can depend on the fact that God will take care of you. You can depend upon that. You can take that to the bank with you. You can depend. God has proven himself to be 100% faithful to take care of you. You have so little faith. So don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He he already knows. Why do we have to pray and ask? Because he says to ask. He says ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And he already knows what you need. He, He already knows what you need before you even ask. But he says to ask. Your heavenly father already knows all your needs and he will give you all. He will give you what? All. What percentage is that? 100%. He will give you all? You need from day to day if you live for him. Here's the question. Are you living for him? He'll give you all you need from day to day if you live for him. If you live for him. And make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Which means your most important concern. When you make the kingdom of God your most important concern, you seek first God in his kingdom. And all these other things will be added to you. They're coming and they're looking for you. Uh, listen to what it says here in Hebrews chapter 13. Is it okay if I read this one? Sure. Go ahead. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 it says... And this is in the Amplified Bible. It says, let your character, your moral excellence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. He didn't say that money is bad. Just don't love it. Okay. He said to be free from the love of money. Shun greed. Be financially ethical. Being Being content with what you have. For he has said, I will never under any circumstance desert you nor give you up nor leave you without support nor will I in any degree leave you helpless nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my my hand on you. Assuredly not. And you study that out in its Greek. God's promise is very 
forceful in this passage and it's absolute. What well, well, he's promising, I will never, 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 never ever leave you on your own. I'm there with you. That, that's what he promises. So it says in verse 6, so we take comfort. And we are encouraged and confidently say, the Lord is my helper. In time of need, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? And then verse 8, it says, what a powerful passage this is. Jesus Christ is eternally changeless. Always. What does the next two words say? The same. He's always the same. You read it in here in this Bible, and what he did back then, he still does today. He's never changed. Never changed. He says in verse 8, Jesus Christ is eternally changeless. Always the same. Yesterday, today, today, and and forever. He is dependable 100%. This is what he says in Psalms 40 verse 1. It says, I waited patiently, and patience is important as we're learning to trust God and depend upon him. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. Remember, God is dependable. And he turned to me, and he heard my cry. And he lifted me out of the pit of despair. Have you ever spent any time in the pit of despair? He says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire of our sin. He set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing. Do you have a new song? Or do you sing the old one? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh! Is that the one that you sing? Or do you praise him? Do you worship the almighty God? It says, he has given me a new song to sing. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wrench like me. I once was lost, but down, I was blind, but now I see. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done in, in me and, and through me. Many will see what he has done and they will be astounded and they will put their trust in the Lord. Are, 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 are you role modeling your declaration of dependence upon God? Are you sharing with other people what God has promised and what God has done and how you've had to be patient, but God always came through. He, he always there to rescue you. Are we sharing those things? And then he goes on to say in verse 4, Oh, the joy. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud and those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have done many miracles for us. Has God ever did a miracle for you? Yes. He's done so many miracles. Well, I mean, we named one of our daughters miracle. You, you know that. But that's not the only miracle he's ever done for us. There's miracles that's happened right here in this building in the last month. Miracles. And we'll give a testimony of what has happened. But God works some miracles in our life this past week. Absolutely phenomenal, amazing, just in us. But there, other people are experiencing this. It says, the Lord my God, you have done many miracles for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. 
And his plans for us are good and not evil to give us hope and to give us a future. That's his plans. And he's got so many wonderful plans. He tells us right here that, that, that they're just too numerous to list them all. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to an, the end of them. God's just done too much. How many of you can hear me talking this morning? Your ears is working. Is that a blessing from God? Yes. And your eyes are working. How many of you have been breathing since I've been preaching? <laughs> uh, a breath of air is fantastic, isn't it? Yes. And so many things that God has done that we take for granted, but we depend upon him to make his creation, and especially his new creation, function and work properly as we put our trust and we depend upon him. And as you depend upon God, God proves himself over and over and over and over again to you and to you that he is dependable because he loves you and he cares about you. 100%. That's what I'm talking about. So he says here, I'm going to read verse 5 one more time. Oh Lord my God, you have done many miracles for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. Oh man, there's just too many. God's on the move, working in our lives all the time. Psalm 118 verse 6 says, the Lord is for me. He's dependable and he is for me. And you and I should be able to make those, you know, declarations of dependence. The Lord is for me. I can do all things through Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. We should make our declaration of dependence upon him with our actions and with our words all the time in our prayers and in our songs. And as we speak to another friend, even like Johnny Erickson was sharing the the, her declaration of dependence upon the almighty God and she was paralyzed from her, her neck down but she was telling about what God had done for her the Lord is for me so I will not be afraid that's right what can mere mortals do to me yes the Lord is for me he will help me I will look in triumph at those who hate me it is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in people it is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes or politicians, may I add. Or anything. Or anything. One more passage I'll, I'll share. I think, yeah, because our time has come. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, For he, Papa God, he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness. Papa God has rescued us from Satan and his powers. For he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness. And he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son, who's Jesus. That's the kingdom of light. Papa God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son. And verse 14 says, God has purchased our freedom with the blood, with his blood, Jesus' blood, and has forgiven all our sins. What percentage is that? 100%. I'm going to tell you something. Lots of times it's sins of our past that just bothers us and annoys us and and hinders us in our life trying to go forward. We're, we're thinking about those things. The devil tries to bring them up into our mind. And we need to know that we have been forgiven for all 
our sins. And you can count on God. He is 100% dependable. And there are so many more promises in the Bible where it shows that he is so dependable. But our time is up. And I would like us to pray together right now. And I'd like us to make our declaration of dependence upon God as our Savior, as our Lord, as our King. So if you would join me as we pray together here in this building and those who are watching us online, if you would join us and pray along with me right now. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And I confess with my mouth. And I confess with my mouth. What I believe in my heart. What I believe in my heart. That you raised Jesus from the dead. That you raised Jesus from the dead. He paid for all of my sins. He paid for all of my sins. And now he is alive. And now he is alive. And I open the door of my heart. And I open the door of my heart. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. As my Savior. As my Savior. Into every area of my life. Into every area of my life. Thank you for what you're doing in me. Thank you for what you're doing in me. And thank you for what you're doing through me. And thank you for what you're doing through me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I depend on you. I depend on you. Amen. Amen. And amen.